0: Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you. And now, here is today's message. Amen. Father, we bless you, God. We honor you today. Lord, in this place, have your way in our lives, Father, in every situation, Father, that we're facing. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for bondages to break right now. The lies of the enemy to be unfounded and unrooted in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we welcome your move in this place. We welcome your move in our hearts through us today in the name of Jesus Christ. Every place, Father, where lies or uh, have been deep-seated for generations or where lies have been deep-seated in our lives for years, decades, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we uproot them, Father. We thank you, Lord, for truth truth in the innermost parts, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, amen, well, that was different, praise God, amen, all right, good morning, my name is Merle Shank, if you don't know who I am, and welcome everybody online, it's good to have you with us this morning, um, yeah, God's doing something, just say, I mean, just tell your heart, <laughs> tell <laughs> More, Lord, I don't know, whatever. More, Lord. God, we we intend to submit entirely to you in what you desire to do. And we say, Lord, that we are hungry for your presence. We're hungry for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, I'm gonna attempt to preach here (laughs) this morning or teach. So... um. We are, this is a second message about encountering God in prayer. And remember that uh, the, the <laughs> why don't we just do it instead of talking about it? <laughs> just, you know, um, sorry, I got an eyelash in my eye. Um, remember that the five key foundations here of why we gather in Newport Church is to encounter him, number one. That's, that's overarching all five of them is to encounter him, but encounter him specifically in prayer, encounter him in worship, which we have done this morning we will continue to do, encounter him in his word, where his truth and his life comes and impacts our hearts, encounter him in community and one-to-one ministry through one another, and then encountering him in outreach as well. So we're in the second uh, second message of our series about encountering God in prayer, as and this is... Um, one of, the, one of the things that we were really highlighting, and I think uh, it was two Sundays ago, I got to preach the first. Didn't, didn't Matt do a good job yeah. last week? I was listening to your sermon, Matt, and it really just so appreciated what you did in, in uh, your, your preparation and just the flow of God through you. So amen. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Um, cool. So great. I love the, the message on no offense. Amen. All right. So, uh, and the week before that, we covered uh, the first teaching about prayer, and then two weeks before that, we covered the kind of the framework for what we're jumping into in encountering God. Is that the miraculous Christian life is the normal Christian life? So many times, people they they look at it and say, "Well, what I've experienced is now the normal Christian life," but that's not necessarily true. All right. I mean, God didn't make me the standard. I'm sure he didn't make you the standard either for what a normal Christian life is. But we have a standard, which is here in Scripture, that the miraculous Christian life is the normal Christian life. We, we, uh, we talked about that. And then two weeks ago, encountering God in prayer and talking specifically about the place where you pray from, the posture you take in the Spirit when you pray, you can either posture yourself in your own mind, in your own struggles, in the struggles of the world around you, or you can take your place in where... in in what Christ has made available to you in the truth of his word and pray from that place. So that's the first key step in, in, in encountering God in prayer. And I don't believe that encountering God in prayer is for like just those who would call themselves intercessors. Now, praise God for those who feel called to intercession, but every believer is called to intercession. Amen. Every believer is called to pray, and so my heart is that every single one of us, whether you feel like you're a super saint or an under saint, okay, every single person is called to encounter God's presence in prayer, and so we want to really unpack that and talk about that and what that looks like. So we talked about the place where we start from has a huge impact on where you wind up, has a huge impact, so we're not, we're not praying for victory, we're praying from victory. We're praying from the finished work of the cross, asking it to be manifest in our lives today and around here, amen? So as we, as we go into this place and as we pray from a place of the will of God, of God's heart, his word, his, his heart revealed to us in his word, his will revealed to us in his word, his mind revealed to us in his word, what begins to happen is that we begin to encounter God in a special way, in prayer. And so what I want to talk about what, that, what does that practically look like. It practically looks like this. It looks like our prayers start to be led by inspiration from the Holy Spirit. And this is where we pray more accurately as God reveals to us how we are to pray. There's more accuracy. There's this, it's like you're praying and then the Holy Spirit comes upon your prayers. And all of a sudden, there's this flow that starts to happen. And we, what happens is we actually grow in clarity of what, is, of what we're allowed to understand about our situation. Now, we can't understand everything, but we actually, as, as we pray and the Holy Spirit leads us in prayer, he actually teaches us about the situation that we're in and we gain new perspectives about it. We're at, we actually grow in clarity about what we can understand about our situation. The opposite of that is when there's just this sense of confusion about a situation or confusion about what's going on. And so if you're experiencing confusion in your prayer, I want you to view this as actually an invitation to delve deeper into God's word about what it is you're praying about, about the subject that you're praying about. If there's that sense of confusion, if you're battling confusion in prayer, what take that as saying, you know what, I need to gain more understanding about what God's word says about this so that I can pray effectively. Then what happens is as you begin to pray and that clarity starts to be released, you begin to understand more about what you're walking through and what you're, what you're dealing with. The second thing is there's a supernatural focus and strength that starts to come when we start to encounter God in prayer. So I want to really break this down in simple terms. There's like a supernatural focus and strength. What that means is that we do not grow weary or grow bored or distracted in prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but like the last thing I want to do is, is just sit there bored right? Okay. Uh, By the way, if you want to follow along in the notes, uh, they're in the church app. You can follow along uh, with there and and actually fill in and and build build your own notes out of this as well. So, but what happens is we do not grow weary, we do not grow bored, we do not grow distracted, but we find that we actually have more to pray as the words and as the understanding of how to pray seemingly begin to flow through us. That's what happens. Because of this strength, and because of this focus is not from us, because we know our own limitations, we know our own weaknesses and inabilities, we recognize that as the Holy Spirit, we recognize the Holy Spirit beginning to influence our prayers. And so we become encouraged in spite of challenges. Because how, do you, how many of you know the Holy Spirit's not discouraged? Right? He's not discouraged. And so what happens is as we pray, and clarity comes. This is what we uh, many times describe as encountering God. These are kind of the hallmarks or the evidences that God is at work in our prayer life is that there's this strength, there's this focus, there's this clarity that starts to come. Sometimes you gotta push through in prayer a little bit and get out of our, our own head in order to see that happen. But that's, that's where you stick with it and the, and the Lord begins to come. Uh, and you start to see the hallmarks of his presence. Acts chapter four, verse 29 to 31 gives us an example of this. It says, and now Lord, uh, sorry, so, uh, uh, it was Peter and John, they were arrested and they were uh, threatened by the Sanhedrin, they were threatened by the religious leaders. Don't preach in the name of Jesus. And after they had beat them and, and uh, uh, th- threatened them, basically, they sent them back to the church, right? And so in Acts chapter four, we see what happens is, is the, the body comes together, the church body, and they start to pray and they say, now, Lord, look upon the threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So there's this place where these believers were afraid. There was there was threatening situations that were happening to them, possibly discouragement was starting to set in and they prayed and the Holy Spirit came and they were filled with boldness. They were filled with strength. They were filled with clarity of what needed to happen. They prayed clearly what needed to happen. God, we need your signs, irrefutable proof. We need your signs, wonders, and miracles to flow through us as we minister in your name. Right? There was clarity that came. So the opposite of, of this is discouragement. It feels discouragement is when you feel like like your prayers are not getting above the ceiling in the room. Sometimes people say like, "Oh, the heavens were brass." Anyone ever hear that? Okay, yeah, that's that's the opposite. And this is where people might be referencing uh, that that feeling of discouragement. And what what hap, what needs to happen at that place is to step back and say, "Okay, God, I'm I'm not um, receiving your." viewpoint of this situation. I am not receiving your perspective on this situation, and I'm trying to push through in my own perspective. So, so when you encounter discouragement, pause, back up, and say, God, I need to see your perspective. Amen? All right? And that's when we start, this is the third thing, this is when we start to gain a heavenly perspective And as we gain a heavenly perspective in prayer, so remember, we're defining what it's like in in very basic terms to encounter God in prayer. Amen? So as we start to gain a heavenly perspective, we actually learn about the situation that we're praying about because we observe and we listen to how God is leading us to pray. So many times as this is happening, scriptures or or Bible stories will start to, like, pop up in your mind. They'll pop up out of your spirit. They'll pop up out out of your heart. And you're like, oh, well, that kind of is like this situation. And and then all of a sudden what you have is is God's, like, leading you how to pray. Like, remember that situation? Remember that Bible story? And this is what they did? Well, Lord, we pray for the spirit of David, God, the, the, the courage to be able to stand up against Goliath, whatever it is. And so God actually starts to lead you in prayer as scriptures that maybe you've read or maybe you've read them a long time ago. And all of a sudden, they just start to pop up in your spirit. You're not trying it. You're not trying to make it happen. It's different than like going to a a, a concordance and being like, what does the Bible say about finances, right? It's different than searching it out that way. And that's okay to do that. But in prayer, what happens is sometimes those scriptures that you've read that you haven't been cognizant of start to float to the surface of your attention and float to the surface of your heart. And that's you're starting, you are encountering God leading you in prayer by those stories. All right. So the scriptures and the biblical examples can define to us what God's perspective is about a situation. They can give us new information and can actually teach us about the situation that we're in or that we're praying for. The opposite of this would be be being consumed with what other people think about what we're praying, using words trying to please or appeal to what other people might deem as socially acceptable. An extreme example of this is when one of the U.S. government representatives ended his prayer saying, we ask it in the name of the monotheistic God Brahma and God known by many different faiths, amen and a women. <laughs> like that prayer has nothing to do with pleasing God. That's just trying to like cover your bases, cover your bases right? <laughs> like politically, like, you know, And, and but that kind of prayers, it, it, that's where like we... And 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 so that's an extreme example, right? But like we can fall into it about like, oh man, I don't know how good the person beside me will will think, you know, about what I'm praying if I pray out loud, and so we don't like pray out loud because we're too concerned about what somebody else would think about what we're gonna pray, instead of letting the flow out of our heart that God has put there by the anointing of the Holy Spirit that can actually teach us new perspectives about what it is that we're facing. Because we actually learn from God as we hear him lead us in prayer. We actually get a new perspective. We actually get to learn how God sees a thing when he leads us to pray a certain way. And many times in prayer, like there'll be, you know, the the leading of the Holy Spirit in in, in, in this way. And Like, oh my goodness, I never never saw that situation before. I never saw it like that before. This must be God's heart in this, right? And, And clarity comes about how to pray. And if we're experiencing the desire to impress people or to please what we know about them, we're stepping out of the fear of God and into the fear of man, all right? So it's best just to let the fear of man go and say, God, lead me in prayer. And this is what this looks like. What happens is as we do this, we have inspired thoughts on how to approach a situation as God leads us to pray from different angles, to pray from different ways of looking at something. And we start to understand the mind and the heart of God regarding a subject. And what happens is as we start to understand these things, faith starts to bubble up in our spirit. Hope starts to bubble up in our spirit. Love starts to bubble up in our spirit. Courage starts to bubble up in our spirit. Even if we don't know what the outcome is or, or you know, we, we're able to receive the peace and the hope of God, even if we don't know what the outcome will eventually be. Even if that hope is heaven, there's a peace that comes with that, Okay. We start, we start to encounter part of the mind of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And this is a reference out of Isaiah chapter 40. And, and so we see, you know, Paul, he, he's saying, listen, Isaiah asked that question of who can know the mind of God? Who can know the mind of God? And he's saying, listen, through the Holy Spirit, we actually have the mind of Christ. We have access to the mind of Christ. And that teaches us how to pray. We gain understanding. We gain wisdom. We gain insight. We gain revelation. The opposite of of this is encountering fear or despair. And when we experience these feelings, it should be a flag to us that we need to upgrade our understanding of God's word so that we can know how to approach circumstances in prayer. All right. Is that simple? Clear? I hope. So, so this, as this starts to happen, so when we pray and these things start to happen, oh, I feel like, I feel like I can actually pray more, or I feel like a, a boldness to come, starts to, to, to kind of bubble up in me, or I feel like I'm praying and all of a sudden that scripture pops up in my spirit or all of a sudden I gain a new perspective about what we're praying about, that's where we're starting to encounter the Holy Spirit in prayer. That's where we're starting to encounter God in prayer. That's one of the things, that's what we want for every person. Amen. Okay. And this is what people call Holy Spirit anointed prayers. Okay. You're starting to be led into the realm of prayer by God that is inspired and not your own ideas. So this is not like, Lord, bless my cat and the tire on the left side of my car, right? Like, and those things are okay to pray about, but like this is where God is starting to lead you in prayer. So who knows how to pray best? Who knows his will best? He does. And so what happens is he actually leads you in praying his will. We're going to talk about that uh, here in a second. But this is what starts to happen is you're starting to be led into the realm of prayer by God that is inspired. And it's not of your own ideas. It's not of yourself. It's not of what you think should happen. It's what he thinks should happen. And he starts to download it. He starts to lead you, sometimes by breadcrumbs, like that scripture, that verse, you know, that idea, that vision, that picture. And all of a sudden, by the end of it, you're like, Oh, God, this is how you see that situation. This is how I need to see that situation, right? So the Lord is helping us to know how to pray by giving us impressions. Tell your neighbor, say impressions. This is the first kind of, this is the foundation before, we're gonna talk about the prophetic. But impressions and what you do with them is what is how God trains us to start to pray prophetic prayers, to walk in prophecy, okay? So it's, it's the Lord helps us by giving us impressions, thoughts, or ideas. And from this way of praying, at, when we're praying that way, it's very easy then to step into prophetic prayers, okay? So as you're led in prayer by these godly impressions, More start to come. As you step out in faith and you pray about something that you're like, well, I don't know if this is God or not, but I get this picture. Or I don't know if this is God or not, but I got that that scripture. Or I don't know if this is God or not, but I I, I feel like I I need to pray this. Like if I'm going to pray, this is what I'm going to pray about, right? When we're faithful to actually do that, when we're faithful to actually step out in faith and take that risk a little bit, then God gives more. And more starts to come. More starts to come when we do that. So from this place, we, we need to posture our hearts in two areas. Number one is we learn to be both trusting and tentative. Trusting and tentative. This is where, and, and this, if, if we don't learn to be both trusting of what we receive but also tentative about it, at the same time, we can step, this is, if we don't learn that, we can step into um, arrogance. Where we've been accurate for a couple times now, or we've been accurate for a year or two, and then all of a sudden arrogance can come. And we start to move out of assumption, or presumption, where we presume to know God's will about something or we assume what it is he wants to do. And this is where danger happens. This is the danger zone, okay? So in order, in, the best thing to do is in the place of impressions before you start seeing visions and this and, you know, like all this stuff, when it's just this impression in your heart, which is a very powerful thing from the Lord, is test it. Check it, stay tentative. When you, maybe you're praying for somebody and, and you, you say, you know, you pray and, and, and then you say, did that mean anything to you? Like, what, what, what was that? Like, how, how was I doing? Like, I, I felt maybe I had a picture about something or I felt this scripture come up. Did that scripture mean anything to you? Oh yeah, that, that was the scripture I read this morning like in my daily devotions. Well, praise God. Okay, he's talking to you. Like, all right, that was, you actually learn Accuracy. In your, own, in your own life by, expre- by walking out those impressions, okay? Is that good? W- <laughs> because it's human nature when we, when we become overcome with confidence, it's easy to step into arrogance, it's easy to step into assumption or presumption, and this is when we make mistakes. And when we think that because we have been accurate before, we presume to know what God's thoughts are currently, regarding a situation without again waiting for his direction. Remember when, when uh, David, I think it was the Midianites, he, he was, was it the Midianites? Sorry, it's not my notes, this is extra. So like when David was fighting, uh, the, yeah, he was, he was fighting an army, okay? And like they, they defeated the army, God said go, and he went and they, they did a frontal attack and they won, right? And then the next, the next time they were gonna fight them, He saw the Lord again and God said, no, this time go around by the mulberry trees. It's not going to be the same as it was last time, but do this. And that's what happens. Sometimes we can presume to know how God wants to deal in politics. Sometimes we can presume to know how God, how God wants to deal in, like, you know, in, in situations in our lives. And we can assume that we know. We can assume that we understand. And then we pray. But what's happening is we haven't actually sought God's face. We haven't sought his direction of how to pray. And so then we wind up praying amiss. <laughs> when we assume what his will is, instead of taking the time to empty our own head of our own ideas sometimes, that prejudice us towards what we think should happen. And as we grow in working on these impressions in prayer, more and more starts to flow, but we have to stay trusting and tentative, okay? We have to stay trusting and tentative. More and more starts to come, and we find ourselves functioning in more and more of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, specifically in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 10, it lists all nine, uh, what some translations has uh, named gifts of the Holy Spirit. I like the word manifestations better uh, because it's more accurate to the original word, but specifically prophecy, word of wisdom, and word of knowledge, and tongues, and interpretation of tongues. That's where those things start to flow in our prayer life, and we just simply become more accurate in our prayer life. Okay, so And as we're faithful with the impressions that God gives to us, he trusts us with more. This is when our life, prayer life begins to move into the realm of praying prayers with Holy Spirit directing them through the prophetic and through words of knowledge and through words of wisdom. An example of this is when you're praying for someone and prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge start to flow out of you about the specifics of a circumstances that you had no way of knowing. And they, they look at you funny at the end and they're like, how did you know that? Okay, that's the Holy Spirit starting to pray through you. They look at you in amazement. They ask, how did you know about a circumstances? And the truth is you didn't know. You were just praying as you were led to pray. Make sense? Every person, every believer can do this. Every believer can do this. And I think every believer is actually called to do it. To be honest, like you don't need some super gift to do this because if you have the Holy Spirit, if you've submitted yourself to Christ, right? If he is your savior and Lord and his spirit is living in you and moving through you, it will manifest in, 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 in these ways. But the choice to, to take the risk because it's our mouth that does it. It's our mind that makes the decision The choice to make the risk is ours. And if we never do that, then it never flows. It never happens. So the truth is you don't always know what it is you're saying. You just see a picture and you describe the picture and they're like, oh, that's exactly like what happened in this. I think uh, Brian and I were praying for somebody and like I saw this picture of like a wall that had a big damage uh, uh, a big like water damage or something, I forget what it, something like that yeah and and um, it, it was at a, a youth youth retreat, yeah, and and they 're like well that 's actually our living room, like that has a big hole like right there, and I was like, oh, okay like i didn 't know if i didn 't know a thing, right, I was just saying what I had a picture of that doesn 't mean I understand how it got there it doesn 't mean how I understood like what needed to happen, right. It was just a picture. And in that moment, but but those, those people felt so known by God at that moment that he saw them and, not, and he cared enough to show somebody spe, some specifics about their life, that this wasn't some nebulous, like, oh, shot in the dark kind of thing. Anybody have a hole in their wall, you know, kind of thing? And it, I, I mean, I do that too sometimes. I mean, just like, whatever. But you, do you know what I mean? Like this was specific to them and they're like, oh my goodness, God sees me. He knows me. He knows what's going on in my life. Okay? And that starts, That that's kind of, that's how we, we get to those points of praying uh, prophetically. Many times in, in this place, you receive from God what I call a priming word. You remember those old pumps? And to get them to work right, the old water pumps, to get them to work right, you had to, they had to have a little bit of water put into them, right? And, but once it was primed, it would flow. Many times God will give you a priming word in prayer. It's the same with uh, ministering prophetically, but like in prayer, many times God will give you a priming word. It will be that one word just kind of drops in your spirit. Boom. Or a scripture like that, like, Oh, okay, well, how do we pray out this scripture? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, God, that means that you want your kingdom to invade here in between Littes and Mannheim. So God, we're gonna pray that. We're gonna pray for your kingdom to come in every structure that exists here. So that's the medical structure, all the seven mountains, like the, the, the economic structure, the political structure, the school systems, right? The families, the homes, the churches. Like God, we're praying for your kingdom, what you desire, what you understand, to reside, to come and land in our lives, in our region. All out of let your kingdom come, let your will be done. It's a priming word. Sometimes God will give you a priming word or he'll give you a picture or he'll give you something that, that inspires you to pray, okay? And that's what I call a priming word. And the Lord will lead you. But as what happens is as you start to step out and pray in those things, more starts to come more starts to bubble up. Now, I know that many of you know all of this, okay? But I feel like like when we say, when we say we want to encounter God's presence in prayer, I need to define that, right? As one of the foundations of Newport Church, one of our goals is that every one of us is encountering God's presence in prayer, and this is what that looks like. This is the hallmarks of God's presence, where all of a sudden, He's leading you in prayer okay but as you start to pray that word as you start to pray that phrase that you have as you start to pray that scripture more starts to bubble forth and that you know like that that uh, pump <laughs> in your spirit is primed and the Holy Spirit starts to lead you more and more sometimes you receive a picture in your mind or even you see sometimes with your natural eyes that happened to me one time it actually hurt um, this is, you know, you see a vision, and it informs you how to pray. Um, I wrote about the one experience in, in the book there, uh, Encountering the Supernatural, where a woman was delivered and healed of AIDS, and we went there to pray for her, and I asked the, per- the pastor who was taking us there, I said, please don't show, don't tell me too much about the situation. Um, because, like, I didn't, I didn't want to get my own mind involved. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is... Sometimes you can get intimidated. And intimidation shuts down your ability sometimes to receive from God. And so uh, as we started to pray... Um, I, I just saw this picture of an angel standing over in the corner of the room, and I I wasn't like, hark, hark there is an angel, <laughs> you know, like, no, like I'm like, I don't even know if this is real, like I, I think it's over there, you know, so like what I did, I kind of like we're all praying, I'm praying in tongues, like asking the Lord, like what, so I just kind of ambled over and and stood and prayed, like I think the angel was standing like this, you know, <laughs> and I did that, and I went over and I prayed, and all of a sudden authority hit my spirit, and I started to pray. And all, there was there was like this whoosh, this rush of God out of my spirit, and I started to pray. And the the lady who was at this point across the room, like to that pole, vomited. And she was delivered. And so we kept praying, and and then I had the same thing happen again. It happened two more times. Where I wasn't telling the guys who were with me, because I didn't want them to think I was crazy. You you can all you can all think I'm crazy, that's fine. But like it worked. <laughs> So, but I just like ambled over and like okay like I, I did what I thought I saw like this angel doing and uh, same thing happened again she vomited again third time she vomited again she was delivered later I heard that she actually was healed of AIDS from that pastor so like there's things that God leads us in in praying and it's not you I can't heal nobody can we just be clear with that but the Holy Spirit can. And each one of you, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you, he will quicken your mortal body. Come on. That's in your Bible and my Bible. All right? So, yeah. We see a vision similar to this that happened to Peter when he was on his rooftop praying in Acts chapter 10, verses 9 to 20. It's 11 verses um, so the next day, as they were on their journey, um, there's a whole backstory here, but we're not gonna go into it because of time. As they were approaching the city, Peter went up on his housetop at the sixth hour to pray and he, came, he became hungry and wanted something to eat, but while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. Somebody say a trance. Yeah, that's biblical. By God, not some stupid trance drug. Okay? Just gotta be clear. <laughs> He fell into a trance and saw the heavens open and, and, be, and something like a great sheet that descended. Okay, and it goes on like, you know, there's unclean animals in the sheet and God says, kill, and he says, no. And, and then, so it goes back up and it happens again. And, have, and he's dialoguing with God. It's this ebb and flow with the Lord. He's talking with, with God about this, right? And so there's this, this place of dialoguing with the Lord and out of this, then the guys from Cornelius have come to his door and the Holy Spirit says, there's men at the, at the gate waiting for you. You're supposed to go with them. And so as, as he's going, he's still pondering this vision that he had from the Lord. He's still pondering this encounter that he had while he was praying. And he gets to Cornelius' house and all of a sudden the penny drops and he realizes the Gentiles are coming to faith. There wasn't something that God didn't say like, Peter, the Gentiles are going to come to faith. Now you need to go preach to them. See, God doesn't always make things clear like that. He he likes to conceal it and he likes us to figure it out. He likes to lead us in these ways. So the result of Peter's prayer time resulted in him eventually understanding that God was sending the gospel to the Gentiles. Notice that in his time of prayer, there's this dialogue, there's this back and forth, there's this communion that God has. And that's how our prayer lives are to be. That's what the Bible demonstrates as a, as a good prayer life. Is this back and forth with God, working stuff out, figuring out, God, I, that didn't work, but this, how does this work? Or how, how does that function? God, what what are you trying to share with me now? So 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. This wasn't just some nice ending that Paul slapped on the end of his letter. He was, there, there was literally an expectation of fellowship with the Holy Spirit That you that as believers, we we have this fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that we can be, there's this ebb and flow, of the dialogue, and, and I have it, and you have it, and the Holy Spirit's sharing things with you that, that either is the same as you're sharing with me, or it fits together like a hand in a glove, pieces to the puzzle, and, we, and and that's why we need each other, as he leads us together about what God is doing in a region, in an area, about a situation, and so that's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, so encountering God in prayer is encountering the communion and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit as he leads us in praying. The Holy Spirit leads us in praying God's will and praying God's ideas. Jesus says this about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, verses 13 to 15. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth and he uh, he will not speak to you on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come, and he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you, and all that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So God-led prayers, or prophetic prayers, are powerful prayers. They're prayers that are effective, we're not praying, it's when we're not praying our own ideas about what should happen, but we're praying what God reveals to us to pray. Therefore, we're not praying from our own authority. See, when we're praying our own ideas, we're praying from our own authority, which in the spirit realm means nothing. Remember the seven, seven sons of Sceva? Their life was not submitted to Christ. And so when they tried to cast a demon out, they had no authority. But the demon recognized that there is authority in Paul and authority in Jesus, because their life was submitted to Christ, okay? So we're not praying out of our own ideas. We're praying out of God's ideas. And when we pray God's ideas, there's authority. That's what was different about Jesus when he taught. There was authority that flowed from him. And the scribes and the Pharisees says, there's nobody else we've ever heard like him because when he preaches, when he teaches, he teaches with authority. Why? Because he wasn't teaching his own words. He wasn't teaching his own ideas. Jesus said it. I only share I only speak about what I hear the Father saying what I hear what I see the Father doing so because he was in alignment with God's with the with the heart of the Father that's where the authority comes from so when we pray God's will, there is authority that is ta- attached to it. In fact, that's what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. Jesus said this, whenever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, excuse me, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Does that mean that like if you pray something and you slap in Jesus' name on the end of it, that like all of a sudden it legitimizes it? No. It means, the word name means everything that that person represents. So when we pray in Jesus' name, we're praying according to his will. We're praying according to his pleasure. We're praying according to the mandate from God that God had placed on him, the purpose of God for his life. We're praying according to that. That's what it means to pray in his name. We're praying according to his identity, to his mind, and his authority right that's what it means to pray in the name of Jesus 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 and 15 says and this is the confidence that we have towards him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him again the same thing so we're not praying our own will we're not praying our own ideas the anointing doesn't come and lead us in praying our own ideas the anointing comes and leads us in praying God's heart, all right? When we, when we insist on praying our ideas of what should happen, that's where we can step into what, what some people call charismatic witchcraft, where you're trying to enforce your will over somebody else's life as opposed to agreeing with God's will over their life. So some, I mean, no, I mean, no one here would ever do this, but so, you know, praying that someone would get divorced so that they could marry them. I mean, people do that. <laughs> or praying that someone would do something that they want them to do. Even if they think it's a good thing. It's actually witchcraft. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. All right? So this is where assumption and presumption become dangerous because we assume to know God's will or we presume to know what somebody should be doing. And we start to pray that, we're just simply trying to impose our will into the spirit realm. Jesus showed us what a prayer life in the midst of a great struggle looks like. In In the midst of Jesus' darkest hour in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say? Father, let this, pa- you know, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus showed us that. See, this is, um, I get sad. We must always stay correctable, no matter, no matter how accurate you get. No matter how accurate we get, we must always stay correctable, okay? We must always, be- no matter how accurate we were previously, we're still not infallible. We have to recognize that. That's why we stay tentative. We still ask questions. How, how? Does this make sense? Okay? I get sad when people that God desires to use prophetically, or maybe he's used them prophetically a little bit in the past, they reject and they run away from the relationships that are called to hold and bring accountability for greater fruitfulness in their lives. It can happen because of insecurity. Listen, the, the Lord, when, when he takes you into these realms, it, I mean, insecurities start to rise up and people start to respond out of insecurities and they think it's God and it's not. That's why it's important to get healed. So I'm, it's important to live without offense Okay? We must always run towards accountability, not away from it. Never be afraid to miss it. We must build relationships with those who God called to hold us accountable so that we can grow in these gifts. We want to make sure that insecurities and stuff is, are healed. Man, there's, uh, we're over for our time, so I won't tell you all the stories of how many times I've missed it. <laughs> you know okay but like so but as this happens and we we start to encounter God actually using us as a mouthpiece to pray his word worship team can you come the hebrew word for the, for prophet in the old testament is nabi and it was a it was a child's words for mouth that's what a prophet was is a mouthpiece for God we see that and, and we see God's heart uh, for every person being able to prophesy, and so we're talking about prophecy in terms of prayer here this morning. But Numbers chapter eleven verse twenty nine, way back in the Old Testament, uh, there was some guys who were called out. The elders were called out, and there was two guys that didn't pitch. And the Holy Spirit came upon the elders and they, and they started to prophesy. And the two guys that didn't come out of their tents, they didn't want to go where Moses and Joshua were, they started to prophesy in their tent. The Holy Spirit came on them and they prophesied. And Joshua comes to Moses and says, listen, you, you need to tell them to stop. And Moses says this in Numbers chapter 11, verse 29, he says, but Moses said to him, are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. Yeah, Amos chapter three, verse seven says, for the Lord does not, does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. First Corinthians 14, verse one, the apostle Paul tells the Corinthian church, and I believe this is for everyone here today as well. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Why is this important? Why is it important to pray accurate prayers? We're gonna talk about that next week. No, not next week. Jessica Tate's here. In two weeks. This kind of is a theme every two weeks. All right, so like we're, we're going to talk about that because the difference between God's heart, his will, his wish, and what is settled. We're going to talk about that, okay? But it's important that we pray accurate prayers because this is what happens. God has given authority to mankind on the earth, all right? The earth is still the Lord's and all the fullness thereof, but he's also given authority to mankind, Okay? And so he has called you and I to be gatekeepers. The gates of heaven, you know, fling wide the gates, open other, that's us. How does God's will, how does heaven come to earth? Through us. And so God does not usurp the authority that he has given to us. So he looks for a man, he looks for a woman who will agree with his word, who will agree with his will about a certain situation. And when that happens, when a prophet, Amos three, God does nothing unless he reveals it first to his friends, the prophets, because God needs legal authority to bring his will on earth. When we prophesy, when we come into agreement in prayer, For God's will to be done, he has legal right to intervene. When we don't, he withholds. He holds back. That's why it's important that we pray. Now, is God held back by us? Not ultimately. But he does tend to move when we have faith for him to move, doesn't it? Isn't that amazing how that works? because his heart is to move. His heart is to encounter us and that we would encounter him. That's his heart. That's what he loves. So when we pray led by God, we're encountering God as he flows through us and we become a vessel for God to fill and for God to use. It all starts with impressions. In that place we're not praying in our own authority we're praying in his authority romans chapter 8 verses 26 and 27 says this likewise the spirit helps in our weakness when we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the holy spirit himself intercedes for us with groans too deep to word for words and he who searches the heart and knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of god so the Holy Spirit is the one who leads us in praying God's will, all right? The Holy Spirit prays through us. So this is where we start encountering God in prayer. It's where God actually starts leading us and prays through us. Now, does God need to pray? No, but he wants us to. He leads us to, all right? So Jude, that's I mean, praying in tongues is an example of that, right? Jude chapter 1, verse 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing with my spirit, and I'll sing with my mind also. So praying in tongues actually helps to bypass and override confusion or misunderstanding or even our own ideas of what should happen. It bypasses that. I was was teaching a class, and I said, let's stand up and pray in tongues for five minutes. And I said, how do you feel? Like, after doing that, what do you experience? One guy was like, I never prayed in tongues for more than 30 seconds. Praise God. I mean, like, that's all right. But what it does is it cleanses your spiritual palate. It kind of takes your own thoughts. It makes your mind unfruitful. And I'm not saying you don't need your mind. But what I'm saying is sometimes our mind will get in the way when we think we know what should happen. But praying in tongues helps to kind of just settle that. And it cleanses our, our spiritual palate. Praying in tongues is said to be this. It's perfect prayer. Prayer connected directly to God, declaring mysteries and communion with Him. 1 Corinthians 14, verse two, it says, for one who speaks in the tongues speaks not to men, but to God. And no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. The Bible says a lot about tongues, and the, the tongue so, in James, that it can direct your whole life. So what happens is when you're when you're praying in tongues, your tongue submits your entire body. Jesus. And because your tongue directs your life, your, your entire life begins to be submitted to Jesus. It's, it's praying directly connected to heaven. Can we stand together? It prepares us to be a vessel. And as we pray, God moves through us and we actually start to glean from him as we encounter him moving through us. And this is what the fruit of the Holy Spirit is. That's that love, that peace, that joy, that patience, that kindness. As God moves through us, we start to glean those things from him and it bears fruit in our lives. Galatians 5.22. So when we encounter God in prayer, as we pray his word, from the position that Christ has provided for us in God, he actually leads us in prayer and prays through us. It all starts with these impressions and so start with impressions or, or wherever you are on that journey, I want to encourage you to start to do that. And prayer will be, it will not be a labor for you any longer. If you feel like it's a labor, it, it's not a labor any longer. It's a place of connection with God as you connect with the Holy Spirit and you start to encounter God in prayer. Now this morning, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, two scriptures I'm going to give to you. One is second Peter chapter 3 verse 9. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you never submitted your life or you're online and you're watching me you've never given your life to Jesus, today's the day to come into a place of repentance and say, God, forgive me for all the wrong stuff. Forgive me for the sin in my life. And come and move in my heart. I give you my life, and I receive your life that you have for me. 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 to 15 says, And I write these things so that you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. If you're sitting here and you say, I don't know if I have eternal life. I'm trying to do what's right. I'm trying to do what people say or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Listen, the Bible clearly says that you can know that you have eternal life. You can know. Verse 14. It says, and this is the confidence that we have towards him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We've read this scripture before. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. We see in, in the first scripture that it is God's will for all of us to come to repentance for every person. So if you're here and you've now, you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never repented. you never made him the Lord of your life, of your own life. Now is the day. Today is the day to come and give your life to Jesus Christ. Let him fill you with his Holy Spirit. Let him lead you with his Holy Spirit. Surrender your life to him. Surrender your ideas of what should happen to him and let God lead you. Let him lead you as he becomes your Lord and your Savior and your King. He is the divine advantage in our lives. We don't have to go through life alone. We don't have to figure it all out. But we can walk with him. It doesn't mean that it's a cakewalk. It doesn't mean that it's free you know, of, of, of trials or tribulation. It's that God walks with you through them. And he becomes the support that you can lean on. And yet he does mighty things. Forget not all of his benefits. Father, today in Jesus' name we come. Lord, we thank you for what you've done here already. We thank you for your heart and your life manifest to us here in Newport Church. God, we thank you for your presence. And Lord, we desire that you would move in a mighty way. And so we serve ministers, if you would like to come. I want to invite you to come if you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Our prayer ministers would love to lead you in knowing Him. If you're online, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life. I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. I ask that you would forgive me of all the sin in my life, all the wrong things that I've done. And I ask that you would wash me clean. And I ask that you would lead me in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross and paid the penalty and today I believe that he rose again so I ask you to fill me with that life in Jesus name amen if you've prayed that prayer if you're online please email info at newportchurch.net if you're here please come the prayer ministers have a gift for you Bible and uh, just a booklet that you can grow your walk with the Lord, if you've not received a prayer language, the Lord has one for you, the Lord has one for you, and the devil tries to get people caught up in such guilt and shame for not, like, having a prayer language, and it just impedes people from receiving, and so the Lord has a special connection, God's heart is that each one of us encounter Him. So, God, we thank you, Lord, for accuracy. We thank you, Lord, for that we can value our relationship with you. And that you lead us to see your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a moment to worship and then we'll close off. If you would like prayer for anything, any purpose, please come forward. The prayer ministers will be happy to pray with you. listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9:30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.